This is unstructured. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm really excited at Podcast Movement. I'm having a rare opportunity to interview the CEO of Anchor. Now, Anchor is another podcasting host, and not only a host, it is also an app. And the app gives the ability to create your own podcast on the fly, which a lot of new people, things like that, are really into. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm great. It's great to meet you, Eric. (laughs) Good to meet you. (laughs) Now, I understand you were in podcasting, or you attempted podcasting at one point? Yeah, so I I attempted podcasting uh, a while ago. I mean, I've, I've since successfully podcasted, but there was a time in my life where I attempted podcasting. Um, I actually spent a a chunk of my life uh, involved in audio and music. I I grew up a musician, a drummer, uh, Long Island, New York, and uh, went away to school and came out of school and I was coding for a big consulting firm and decided that I needed to be involved in music. So uh, I quit my job and uh, got a job at Atlantic Records, uh, New York, uh, as a freelance web developer just building websites for artists and helping artists sort of get their message out there and a little while after that I decided I wanted to work at a startup I wanted to work at a startup and basically help people create stuff and got a job at a company called aviary Uh, I don't know if you remember aviary is a photo editing platform no (laughs) Um, really really cool product basically the mission of aviary was to uh, make it so that anyone that wanted to take and edit photos could do it without any technical experience um, so shortly after that company was acquired by Adobe, uh, I personally got really into podcasts. My co-founder, Nir, and I just started obsessing over podcasts. We were listening to anything and everything we could get our hands on. We were talking about it. And I, at one point, decided that I was going to make a podcast. And I found it to be difficult, quite, quite honestly. Um, I had just come from a company that tried to boil down creative workflows to mobile devices, right? Mm-hmm. Just empowering people to do powerful things with just their phones. And then I went to go make a podcast, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of work involved. Um, not an insurmountable amount of work, but it just seemed to me like there could be an easier way. And, uh, and that was really the inspiration for Anchor. So my co-founder, Nir, and I got together and started looking at the space and thinking about what the workflows were that we thought we could optimize and you know where there were points of friction that we thought we could provide value to new creators and uh and we got started and and that's that's sort of how anchor came to be so it's almost aviary um for sound similar mission for sure yeah i mean i think like something that i have always felt really strongly about is um empowering creators right so there was a time in my life where I wanted to be a professional musician, and when I realized that wasn't going to be that wasn't going to happen, um, unfortunately, I felt like a, a good way to sort of give back to music was to, to work with artists, right? And uh, and I and I sort of viewed Aviary as an extension of that. Uh, I sort of viewed Aviary as an extension of that, but on a much bigger scale, right? Helping photographers and visual creators um, all over the world take and edit photos and make them look great and just make them feel good about what they were doing. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, I think to that point, yeah, you're right. Like there are definitely some similarities between what I was doing there and now what's happening uh, at Anchor in that there are people literally all over the world, um, more and more every day as this medium just becomes more and more popular that want to get involved, that want to contribute, that want to share their voice. And at Anchor, we view it as our job just to make it as easy as possible for them. So they can just get started. So you're really targeting the 
uber, uber hyper independent. Um, it could even almost be a family podcast all the way up to a small business to anybody else. It's more about enablement. Absolutely. It's about enablement. It's about empowerment. Um, you know, we, we talk to people all the time that, you know, they, they, they have a story to tell. They have something they want to say. And to some of them, they want it to be heard by millions of people all over the world. But some of them just want their five or ten friends to hear it or just their family, to your point. Um, we actually have had uh, people from businesses and enterprises say, hey, this would be a great way for me to reach my 20 employees or my 100 employees. So, so yeah, at the end of the day, like we just want to take this medium, which is really an extension of how we as human beings communicate naturally, right? We're talking mm -hmm. and listening right now. Um, and we want to and we want to open it up and we want to make it easy for anyone to get started because as easy and as open as podcasting is and uh, and I did get through the challenges uh, that that got in the way of me starting my first podcast a, a few years back um, there are a lot of people that are not that are not like us right there are mm -hmm. a lot of people that maybe don't have the time or patience to figure out which microphone to buy or maybe they, they don't have the means to spend 10 or even $5 a month on a hosting plan, uh, but they do have something they want to say and they want to get it out there, and uh, and, and we feel like uh, it's it's important that they are able to get that out there. Okay, so you fulfill the um, market. Uh, a friend of mine, Larry Roberts, wrote the book, A One Plus One Equals Podcasting, and his, his sole shtick is essentially... You don't need a ton of stuff. He, he bought all of it. Um, there are a lot of services that encourage buying overly priced microphones. Or or it depends on how professional you want to yeah. get. But as he put it, you can record into the Voice Memos app on your iPhone and put it out. You actually have an app that people can record directly into and then put it out and spread it everywhere else. Puts it everywhere. Yep. That's the idea. Um, you know, my mom, for example, uh, I've tried to explain to her a couple times now what an RSS feed is mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to do with it. She's never going to take the time to really understand an RSS feed. She doesn't care, and, right. and that's okay. Um, um, and 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 you know something like our distribution feature on Anchor, I feel like that's solving that problem, right? Like, so you make your podcast to your point on your phone or on your desktop or your iPad. You tap a button, and you don't need to know about RSS. We just we just literally go and put you on all the different platforms. Um, and I recognize that's not for everyone, but um, but there are a lot of people out there that just don't that just don't want to have to worry about what the technical meaning of everything is under the hood. Now, on that note, um, a couple things. You mentioned um, size. You know, it could be a mom-and-pop shop or, you know, family affair, all the way up to something large. Sure. Can, can you scale? Um, what kind of downloads can you actually support? Like, can you get a heavy hitter in there that's getting 100,000 downloads uh, an episode? Sure. Yeah, and, and, and we do. And we do have uh, some really, really big podcasts and big podcasters using the platform. Um, we think that uh, there are economies of scale to what we're building that uh, make it such that we can afford to uh, provide hosting and serving costs for the mom and pop shops all the way up to the top podcasters. Um, excuse me. Uh, you know, there's this there's this famous thing that I'm sure you've heard of called Moore's Law, mm -hmm. which is the price of bandwidth and serving costs and hosting costs continue to go down and down and down and down. And the truth is. Um, there is a cost to what we do as a company, for sure. We've got 21 mm -hmm. employees. Uh, we're, you know, we have an office in Manhattan where the rent is not cheap. Right. Um, but the the cost of bandwidth is something that that we chose uh, not to pass through to the customer. Um, 
I totally understand why there are other companies that would do that and, you know, have a ton of respect for all the other companies in this space. But uh, that in particular is something that, that, that we thought uh, was something that we we could we could take care of for the user. We could take care of for, for both long tail creators and people all the way at the top making some of the top podcasts. Uh, that's something we're willing to take on. Now, that's bringing up a, a, a point that, you know, naturally come out. The uh, There's a saying, essentially a saying, if... What is it? The saying is... I, I know the saying. Okay. <laughs> you're, I, I think if, you're going to say... If, if you're if, getting something for free, right. then you're the product. Right. How is Anchor actually making money? I yeah, mean, for sure. So, right now, we are we are not generating revenue. Uh, that's, you know, a lot of people have pointed that out, um, and that is true. We are venture-backed. Some people have pointed that out as well. Um, we've raised... Uh, a total of about $14 million to date from some of the top venture capitalists in the world, people that really, really share our mission and share our vision for opening up this space. Um, you know, folks like Google Ventures, um, Excel, folks like Pierre Omidyar and his fund, uh, the Omidyar Network that found he founded eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a lot of great people that really believe in sharing this mission. And, you know, if you look at all the other things that we're doing around, you know, free hosting and making it really easy to create from your phone mm. and distributing everywhere on your behalf, you probably notice the theme that, like, we're doing things just a little bit differently. And I think when it comes to monetization and generating revenue, uh, you can be sure that we're going to be doing that a little bit differently as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've got some awesome things in the works that are coming soon. Um, I can't tell you exactly what they are because... Sure. Uh, I'm really excited to unveil them uh, from the from the product very soon. But what I can tell you is that all of the stuff that we plan on doing from a monetization perspective is all in the spirit of the same mission of letting people have a voice. Um, when I think of democratizing audio, I think of more than just making it easy for you to be heard. I think I think about making it easy for you to get paid. Um, there are, there are a lot of people out there that want to hear what other people have to say, and we think content is valuable, and we think that the work that creators do is valuable, and we want them to get paid. So the things that we're going to be building um, are going to be beneficial to the creator, beneficial to putting, putting dollars in the pockets of the creators uh, who do the work to make the content. So would it be fair to say that you're shooting for the networking effect right now to get the platform so large that when the monetization actually kicks in, that, okay, then you'll start to be able to recoup um, I think, your expenses. I think that there are some features that we could build that um, that will benefit from scale and economies of scale. I think there are other features that we could do that will work for uh, even a smaller network. I think what what is important to us is that whether you are just starting out, whether you've got five, five people listening or whether you've got 500,000 people listening, uh, if they're willing to... Pay. If somebody is willing to pay you, uh, we want to put that th- that money in your pocket. Okay. Um, we think that everyone should be able to generate revenue, not just the podcasters that are big enough to be represented by a podcast network or have mm-hmm. you know huge advertisers throwing money their way. We want everyone to be able to benefit. There definitely in the uh, podcasting world is a divide between, I guess you know the, the top lead and everybody else. A, a, a very large gap. So. I can totally see that. Um, now, back to the creators. You had mentioned sure. that um, creators are the most important you know, to you. Sure. And there's been some controversy lately about terms of services and some just very direct questions like, do the creators own their content on Anchor? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Creators have always owned their content on Anchor. It's been written into our terms of service since the day we launched the product. 
Um, it's been written. It's written in there now. I have, actually we added some language to further clarify and point out the fact that it's always been in there. But yes, creators 100% own their content and will always own their content on Anchor. Okay, and if a creator, for whatever reason, decides they want to leave, their content does not stay on Anchor. It's not held by Anchor, and they take it with them. They can they can take it with them. They can take it with them even before they leave Anchor. The you know the content is available for them to take and redirect to another host. Anything they want at any time. Um, I think what you're getting at is a license. Mm-hmm. Um, does the license remain for Anchor once they leave the platform? So there are certain instances when the license can be terminated, and there are certain instances when the license cannot be terminated. The instances when it cannot be terminated are. Basically, the instances in which we no longer have control over the content. And for example, what I mean by that, you come onto the platform, mm-hmm. you create a podcast, mm-hmm. you then share it off the platform to Facebook, to Twitter, to somewhere else on the internet that we have no control over. We cannot guarantee that that content will come down off of some external platform that you have shared it to because we have nothing to do with those platforms. Okay. But we will be taking the content off of our platform for sure because you're no longer on the platform. So... I think, you know, I, I, I've heard the questions that you're referring to, and um, it's unfortunate that it's gotten spun into this context because Would at, the, at the end of the day, we're, our terms are just like nearly every other content platform's terms on the Internet. We want to empower creators to be heard and get their content out there. And when we're, if and when they're done using the service, we're going to take it down, and you're going to have it back. Okay, would a fair analogy be like um, I take a picture of you, and you share it on your stream in Facebook, and then I copy it to my account in Facebook, and then you delete your Facebook account. But the tag that identifies you and things like that is still tied with my account. You can't completely get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, your face is is in the photo, right? Your face right. is in the photo. Your likeness is in that photo. Um, the person that initially uploaded that photo has no control over your face in that photo anymore, right? So... Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Um, you know, there's uh, there's been some questions about the word derivative works in our in our uh, terms of service, and I understand why there is concern over that because in the world of podcasting, the term derivative works uh, is often used to refer to uh, you know optioning podcasts for books and for movies and things like that. That's not what this is about in any way. Uh, that term is in there because we have new features that enable you to share content in, in new and unique ways. For example, our anchor videos feature. Uh, you can take for those of you who don't know what anchor videos uh, are. You can take uh, up to a two-minute clip of your podcast with the tap of a button. We'll turn it into a really shareable video that has transcription matched up with the audio. It looks great on social media. That, technically speaking, is a derivative work. Mm-hmm. Um, another example is let's say you call in to my podcast so an anchor uh, for those of you who don't know you can actually leave other creators voice messages that they can then take the audio and incorporate into their audio if i send one to eric and then eric incorporates that into his podcast technically that is a derivative work of my work and uh and he needs to be able to i sent him the audio he needs to be able to use it in his podcast so um there you know i've heard the questions but there there's uh there there's we're not trying to we're, there's nothing nefarious going on here. We're not trying to manipulate creators' works or take over ownership over it. We are a creator-first pla- platform. Like, you have my word. We have always been that way, and we will always be that way. Because at the end of the day, like, this platform only survives and is only successful mm-hmm. with creators, right? Through sure. the support of creators. So anything we would ever do to betray the trust of creators would ruin us. So 
Um, we have no interest in doing anything like that. Uh, at the end of the day, all we want to do is help people get their message out there. Yeah, I think you even remove the uh, from anchor tag when the podcasts get put on iTunes and things like that, right? Yeah. We, so when we first launched the feature, I think we, we you know we had something where in the uh, in the in the show notes or in the in the author tag, it was you know it'd be Eric and Anchor or something like that. People said, "Hey, we don't want that in there." We said, "Okay, that's great feedback. We removed it." Um, I think some pe- we have a watermark on some of the cover art. Some people have suggested that they really like that because it makes it feel professional and it makes it feel like it came from this reliable service. Others said, you know what, I don't want that on my podcast. So mm. that's fine. We have a setting. You can turn it off. Um, I think anyone who uses the product and, uh, and has sent feedback to us uh, would probably confirm what I'm about to say, which is we listen to our users. Like We want to make the platform for our creators so we can draw more attention to podcasting and make it better for everyone. And, uh, and we're going to stay true to that for forever. Yeah. And jumping back on the, um, derivative works you mentioned. Sure. Because that was one question that was brought up to me specifically to ask you, sure. uh, giving other users the right to content. Now that is the content of people calling in like a speak pipe method to their podcast. That doesn't give somebody another user rights to chunks of my show, does it? Yeah. So, so there's the voice memos. Uh, we used to have a feature called echoes. And again, you know, we realize that these are new features. Um, and we realize that they haven't really been done before in podcasting. Uh, echoes was a feature that is currently not in the product, but I don't know how long you've, you've been using it. Maybe you remember it. We may actually bring it back where, um, you could think of it almost like a retweet, right? I loved what you had to say. I'm going to incorporate it into my podcast so I can comment on it. Um, which we think is good, right? We think that we think it's good for people to have real human conversations and commentary with their voices as opposed to text on the internet. So um, any, any features related to derivative works or interacting with others' content are really meant to facilitate a discussion and a conversation between users, not to pirate other people's works or mm-hmm. you know infringe on copyright. That's not what this is about in any way. The echo part you just mentioned, which sounds really cool, are you going to have it to where uh, a host has to accept that part of their um, show is going out or being shared? That's, and the a, reason, that's a great idea. Um, yeah. The reason why I asked that is the, the same gentleman who brought this up, you know, question-wise, said, I am a you know, very deep Christian, hmm. and what if uh, you know, a Satanist decided right. they wanted to grab chunks of what I say, mix it together, and then make me say things that I would never say or mean. Right. So two things I could say. First, number one, that's that's definitely not our intent. Uh, three things I'll say, actually. Number one, that's definitely not our intent of the feature. Uh, number two, I think that's a great idea, the approval. Um, like I said, Echoes are sort of on the back burner right now, so we can figure out the best way to re-release sure. it. Number three, um, while we do support people being able to tell their story and share their message we also don't endorse things like hate speech and you know misogyny and racism and generally things that are harmful to other human beings uh we've done this in the past and we'll do it again we we've taken stuff off the platform that we feel like is not healthy for the community um, and I realize that's a that's a hot topic these days with things like Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we support uh, creators getting their message out there, but we also recognize that not everything should be out there. So there have been many instances of you know things where we've seen somebody have something really hateful or offensive, or you know somebody like literally trying to cause harm to another human being in their podcast, and it just comes down immediately. It's just not it's just not what we're about. Now, um, for support from users, 
I've learned that the uh, best method may be um, DMing to your Twitter account. Would you agree that's probably the preferred path? Honestly, we're open to whatever path. I guess we've got um, so we've got Twitter DMs, we've got email, we've got Facebook. Um, any of them are available and open channels that we will respond to. Um, I think DM we try to guide people towards because that's probably the fastest. Mm-hmm. There's literally somebody like sitting at that DM inbox um, at nearly any hour in the day, and so if you DM us, we're typically going to get somebody's going to get back to you really, okay. really fast. Excellent. Now. How, how's the growth pattern for Anchor going right now? It's been fantastic. Um, honestly, like, you know, back to what I said in the beginning, there are people, I think oftentimes we uh, in the podcasting community don't realize it, but there are so many more people throughout the world every day that want to be a part of this community and want to have their voice heard. And, uh, and I think that, that because of that, the, the growth to Anchor has been phenomenal because they view Anchor as the easiest way to get started. It's just a really easy way to jump in without having to commit a lot of time, without having to commit a lot of money. Um, if you want to start making a podcast and you want to be on every major platform you know, within a matter of days um, and you want to get your message out there, Anchor's just a really great, easy way to do it. Now, do you consider yourself more of a hosting company or an app developer? I think of Anchor as a podcasting platform. You know, we're, We've got a hosting component. We've got, um, we've got apps for bunch of different devices um we've got um you know we're obviously like i mentioned we've got ways to uh coming to, to help the creator make money um, we actually recently announced uh today actually i don't know if you saw this but we just announced uh we're opening up uh, a recording space in new york city for free for anyone that mm. wants to come by and use the space they can request a time uh, on our website um we'll set you up with some great mics we'll set you up with some gear you come in you record you take the content with you um so I think of us as a platform that's that you know that's that's aiming to empower creators anywhere and everywhere. Cool, cool. So now where can people go to sign up? Anchor.fm. <laughs> and that's it. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me uh, share the mission of Anchor. And uh, you know, one one last thing I would say is um, I'm really excited for the future of the platform and and really for the future of the space. And uh, I think it should be I think it should be built collaboratively. So if anyone has feedback on Anchor, on our tools, on our product, uh, anything they want to see, they can obviously reach out and email us or DM us at any time. Uh, I'd really love to hear from the community. Well, since we're in Pennsylvania, you can use Ben Franklin's uh, quote: "We either uh, all hang together or we'll surely hang separately." <laughs> That's true. Thanks, Eric. Hey everyone, Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again. podcast fans. I'm Rachel, host of We're All Mad Here, a new podcast about the history of mental health. Do you love history? Do you love creepy stories of abandoned hospitals? How about questionable medical procedures? We're covering it all. Not only will we sneak around in old asylums, we'll talk about the patients that stayed there and what their lives were like. 
recovering disorders, cures, and living life with mental illness. So come join us on We're All Mad Here at allmadpod.com because the history of mental illness is insane. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe, I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty, just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Thank you.